All right, everybody, welcome back to another very special episode of The Patrick Carr Show. Let me tell you what, how many guys do we talk to on here who are building a roofing company that is built to stand the test of time? All right, not many, everyone. Um, these guys right here, the gentleman that I'm talking to, they have built an incredible company here in Florida. They're all over the state, and I can personally attest to the fact they do things the right way. I've got Justin Leo in the house with me. Justin, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Folks, this is Performance Roofing. That is Performance Roofing. Justin, thank you very much for coming over today and joining me. I appreciate it, bro. No, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Man, it's been a long time coming. I know we needed to get together. We did. Um, have a lot of respect for what you, um, Dustin, Frank, have been able to do over there at Performance Roofing, but some people may not be familiar with it outside of the state. If you live in the state of Florida, you've probably seen your trucks. You guys do a great job of brand that we're going to talk about, but kind of fill me in here, bro. I think about one personality at the top of a roofing company being tough. Three personalities at the top of a company, man, There's, that's unique right there to make that work. How does it all come together? How do you get this whole thing started? Yeah, well, a great question. You know, we're all just three different personalities, like you said. So most importantly, we all kind of know our roles as well. Um, everybody's got a defined, you know, spot in the business of which they, you know, stay in their lane to. Although we all have opinions, um, we collaborate on it. We 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 do work. We work together. Um, so it's just you know open communication. We may not agree every day. We may have different views of where to go, when to go. Um, but we all come together on those decisions pretty pretty easily, actually. How's it all start for you guys? Were you friends beforehand, or were you guys working at roofing companies, and then you said, "Heck, we're going to do it ourselves." What's the story behind it? Yeah. So basically, this starts you know back in in 2017. We just hit our seven year mark. Congrats. Um, 2017, uh, Frank and Dustin, they grew up together. Um, I did not know these guys, me being an outsider. He um, came in basically as a referral. I was selling to one of their friends, so I have been in the sales industry for a little bit. Sold to one of their friends, and they approached me to come on and actually do sales for them at that point. So um, it's just grown from there. So here we are. I mean, I was doing sales, and now we're running the place. Man, congratulations. Yeah. Um, you know, most of these roofing companies, most roofing companies, most small businesses, man, don't last five years. You can make it to that five-year mark and says something. And I got a feeling y'all are still growing right now. Um, we were talking about uh, Chaz on yep. your team. You know, shout out to Chaz, always posting, even on Saturdays, the new business that y'all have, the new construction that you have. Um, tell me how the company is working now. Obviously, I know from his post, and he does a lot of business development, I believe, for you. Correct. You've got new construction going on. I obviously know you've got your hands in the residential and commercial game. What are you? What's the company doing right now? Tell me a little bit about how the business is set up currently to succeed as it is right now. Yeah, so we focused obviously on the two different sides of the business. You know, being the residential and the new construction. New construction came after the residential side, so we started on that actually by accident. Yeah. Um, you know, got introduced to it. Decided this was probably a good opportunity to pursue. We liked it. We saw the opportunity and then continue to capitalize on that. You know, certain partners in the industry on new construction side, they're going to let you continue to grow as long as you want to grow and as long as you perform. Um, so that's promoted some of the natural growth on the new construction side. Um, Re-roof, you know, the growth and, and whatnot from where we've gotten there is simply because of, you know, reputation over time. Yep. The longer you're there, the more reputation you have. 
Um, you're not one of those, you know, roofers that's only in business for a year or two years anymore. So reputation helps Google, you know, obviously you've got a lot of reviews for people to look at. Um, so that's important. So that's promoted some of the growth. And then of course, expansion in other markets. Um, you know, we started out with just a small little location actually in, in Lake County in mm -hmm. uh, Mineola, yep. uh, moved into the Apopka location. Um, and then from there we moved into Tampa. So we opened the Tampa office after that. Yep. Um, and then we opened up two last year, which was Fort Myers and Jacksonville. And then most recently up about a month ago, we opened up the Fort Pearson, uh, Port St. Lucie location. Wow. Congratulations guys to you, Dustin, Frank, you guys are watching. Congratulations guys. Thank you. I want to talk about something you just said, two things that kind of stick out to me, new construction. Mm -hmm. All right. This is an area where I hear a lot of contractors want to get into it, not just roofing. Um, you could talk about, you know, whether it be siding, you could talk about this from a perspective of flooring. There are, there are c contractors who want to get into new construction, but they never quite find a way to get into it. They struggle to find that break, if you will. What has been your key to maybe peel back the current a little bit to being so successful with the relationships in new construction as you have? How do you approach that differently than maybe you did in 2017, 2018? Yeah, so absolutely. So from falling into it by accident to actually pursuing it, um, you know, we've noticed that we have to focus full-time on it. It's not something you can just do once a week or do once a month. Um, and that's where Chaz comes into play. So, you know, Chaz and myself were the original two that started the new construction side, but it was a full-time job. Yeah. Um, before we even landed one of our first contracts, I mean, it was like six months of pavement pounding, attending meetings and just meeting people. So it's persistence and it takes some time. So you're talking about the old school, walking in the door, dropping off a little gift on a Friday afternoon, saying hi to everybody, that shaking hands, that building the relationship over and over and over again. Correct. Yeah. It, it was just one of those things you had to be present. Sometimes it was luck too. You're present. You happen to be at the right place at the right time, and they do have a need. Um, yeah. That need's not there at the time. They're going to remember you because you're there consistently, you know, in their face. Kind of, I used to sell security contracts to HOAs. Okay. Those so security guards. Yeah. Um, shout out to Vital Security. Todd is a great guy, and they're a great company. Um, I had this little, you had to hit the ground running. You know, you couldn't just, you know, call people. You couldn't do that. And I, th I didn't think it was enough to just show up to networking events. I wanted to constantly put my name in front of people mm -hmm. like you all are talking about you and Chaz doing. So what I did is I came up with this little gimmick. I would walk into this, especially in the beginning is what I would do. This is how the intro would be. I didn't do this every time. But I walk in and I would be upset. And I sweat enough as it is. So I'd usually be sweating too, um, be hot. And there's always a gatekeeper right there. And so when I'd walk up to the gatekeeper, I'd say, listen, my name is Patrick, Vital Security. I I don't know who put this request in, but this is such and such address, correct? And she go, yeah. And I said, this is management company XYZ. Yeah. Well, it looks like somebody here put in a request for some kind of thing having to do with security at some community. I don't know. I don't have that information here, but I have to check this off that I came here. Can you check who put this in so that I can talk to them, see if they need anything, and then I can get out of your hair? You're like, well, who did it? I don't know. I just, I, I came all the way out here. So if I could just check this box off, just let me talk to someone. Yep. And so they would go back. Somebody at least would come out and talk to me. And, and so it started up the conversation and nothing else, but it was awkward. You know, it puts yourself out there. Yeah. 
and it's not easy. It's much easier just to pick up the phone call or to make an email, but it did teach me the value of going out, shaking someone's hand. This is who I am. You know me now. I'm right here. I'm not going to hide up in an ivory tower. If something goes wrong, I'm going to be the guy that you talk to. I think there's real value in that. Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like you all are doing it. Yeah, being present. That's all you got to be. Like you said, consistency in the face. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's something that comes up, they remember you. Darn right they do. Yeah. Get out there and shake a hand, everybody. You know, enough of the phone calls and the emails and the direct messages. Those are all, there's great stuff in that. And there's great stuff in the social media. There, don't underestimate the value of just going out and putting your face and your name to something. Still real value. And I would agree. Yeah, it's too easy to hide behind that email or that message. Damn right it is. And it's too easy for someone to ignore you. Make it tough yeah. on them. Yeah. Make it tough on them to say no to you. Um, Google reviews is the other thing you mentioned. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of good ones. Yeah. All right. How have you been able to motivate your team? It seems like that can be tough on some companies. They're like, oh, I can't find Google reviews. I can't get them. Do you give incentive for that? Do you talk to your team about it regularly? What is the process for you to get such great Google reviews? So we do. We do talk about it regularly. Good. One of the things that we always, you know, uh, bring up in production meetings is, you know, our supervisors can solicit those reviews as well. The on-site supervisors. It doesn't necessarily just have to be your, your salesperson that, that made that connection, but hit them from all angles. Not only that, but when we actually do collect on payment, we have our accounting team that actually solicits for a review as well. So it's, it's three touch points before they even, you know, forget about us and their bill is paid and they're off to their next venture. I'm writing my notes right here. Got, folks, if you don't write notes, man, you're going to forget this stuff. They got to learn from people like this. See, what I'm writing down there is three touches, sales, production, accounting. If you got all of them saying the exact same thing, the person gets the point. Yep. Right? It may not happen after the first or the second touch, but by the time they get that check and everything's good, you've checked off, you know, you got the certificate of completion, they've said everything is good, now accounting is stepping in there to make sure that it happens. Correct. Three touch points, get those Google reviews, there's no excuse. Let me kind of turn the table here a little bit, man. I want to, I want to jump to some of the stuff that's happening right now in roofing, but I want to go more broad here a little bit. Um, I'm going to call the State of the Union from what you've seen, man, the past, well, let's say seven years, all right? Um... You're out there, you're hitting the pavement, you're talking to your guys in the field. What's the state of the union right now in roofing? And I, to be, I know it's a broad topic and a broad question, but if you listen to the news, roofers over the past three to four years, it seems our legislators think that they're pretty bad dudes um, and they've screwed over a lot of people. Um, homeowners might have their guard up a little more. I see, I see roofing companies that constantly are going out of business. I see tax evasion sometimes, and I, I see all sorts of stuff, good and bad. Where do you think the roofing industry is right now, and how has it changed the past seven years? Well, we've definitely had our fair share of, of knocks on the industry. Um, there's been a few out there that have been highly publicized. You know, you hear those things out there, and all of a sudden, you know, public perception is, you know, roofers are these bad guys. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily the case. Obviously, we, we want to put a roof on your house because you need to put a roof on your house. It's not because we want to. Um, you know, so we're here to help. Um, and that's the main thing, but we have seen that shift. You know, you do talk to homeowners. There's a lot of guard up. Um, there's a reason why they're, you know, shopping sometimes five, six, seven different roofers, you know, and they're thinking that they're going to get, you know, pulled over and pay too much for, you know, their roof or somebody's going to do something stupid or there's just a lot out there. So that, that perception of, you know, the industry is going to be there for a little bit. I don't think there's anything we can change, but it's just going to be one person at a time, you know, as you're out there. 
it is education. Um, our sales team, you know, is educated, you know, quite well by our, our sales director on different touch points. You know, if somebody has this objection, you know, what's, what's the touch point on that? You know, where is that coming from? And then what can you guys do, you know, when you're talking to your homeowner to educate them? What is the correct way? Yeah. So definitely, like you said, perception, you know, out there is that we definitely have, um, you know, done wrong by some people and that's not necessarily the case. You know, we're just here to put a roof on your home, protect your, protect your asset and make sure you got a good roof. Yeah. I like what you said right there. No one wants to play the fool, the wool pulled over their eyes. Yep. And if you're not addressing the trust factor that, Hey man, does this guy even trust me? Do they like me? Do they trust me? Do they want to buy from me? You can have the best product in the world, but if you're not addressing it and making sure that, Hey, listen, do you, do you even think that I'm a good dude? Do you think we're going to screw you over? Do you think that this is you know, too good to be true. All these different things that I think homeowners might struggle with. You're going to struggle as a salesman out there. Yeah. Because, you know, people have been told by the news now that, hey, you're the bad dude. You're the one who's, you know, maybe trying to make too much money or you're trying to scam the insurance system. You've got to address that trust because it's a, it's more a part of the sales process, I think, than it was 2017. I was working in roofing at that time um, for a company that rhymes with Casper um, at that time. Yep. And uh, working down in Naples after Irma, circa 2017-18. And trust wasn't a huge factor back then. It was almost like after Irma, a lot changed. That's when I think some of the legislation entered. Yep. It was 2019 AOB reform. You, I mean, we all had to deal with and Senate Bill 76. And then, you know, it's been a parade of things since then. Um, there's a recent bill that I want, I want to talk to you about, an immigration bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes into effect in July. I think it's July the 1st. Um, I, I've gone to the details, everybody, on a different uh, podcast about what the bill does. But I, I'd really like to talk to you about what it's meant out there for your guys. I don't think there's any secret that there are people out there in the field that are from other countries. Um, if, you're a, if you're a homeowner out there right now, I seriously doubt that when you decide you're going to put your roof on that every single homeowner thinks, the white American is going to show up and put their roof on. I don't think that happens. I think everyone understands there's probably going to be different people from different areas of the world that are going to come and put their roof on. But this immigration bill is unique. Um, it tends to penalize business owners if people are not e-verified. And I think it can make individuals that are working in the field a little nervous to be out there. I'd like to know from a business, from an ownership standpoint, from performance have you seen guys in the field, even if they are legally here, they know other people, what is their feeling out there about this? I don't, want, I don't need to know about how you do business or what you're doing around it. Sure. I'm interested in knowing what is the feeling out there from your guys in the field as they see something like an immigration bill being passed in Florida. Can you talk to me a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So we've talked to quite a few of our, our contractors on, on this stuff and, and have had, had to educate them quite a bit as well. Um, because again, in the media, it, it, you're perceiving this issue as something that maybe it's not necessarily meant to be. Um, so as far as the immigration bill goes, um, you know, there has been some effects. Yeah. Um, some people have just been, you know, Hey, we're not working here anymore. You know, mm -hmm. Florida's not friendly. We're getting out of here. Yep. Um, that's happened. But at the same time too, we have had a lot of conversations with, here's what you got to do. You know, there's way, there's ways for you to continue going about. This is not you know, a persecution attempt. We're not trying to, you know, do anything as far as the bill goes. This is not us as performance roofing doing this to you. You know, we want to help you 
And obviously we've, we've got a vested interest because, you know, their livelihood is our livelihood as well. Yeah. I like how you're doing that, man. I know we talked a little bit off camera, but I don't want to, I don't want to skate past us because I like what you said. Their interest is your interest. You have a vested interest in their success. I don't know if a lot of contractors take that approach and they should, mm-hmm. um, you know, these, these people are doing jobs that are incredibly difficult um, and consistently doing it. And I like that you, Dustin, Frank, everybody are, are saying, hey, man, listen, you know, these guys, we're going to back them up. We're going to try to be there. We're going to explain this stuff. We're going to make sure they do things the right way. We're going to do it the right way. And yeah, maybe a little more difficult. And you know, there may be some more hoops everybody's got to jump through, but we want to make sure that our people know we've got their back. Yeah. I think that goes a long ways. It does. Just to be able to talk to them. Correct. To, to have that conversation. It's like not a conversation everyone wants to have, but to do it, it goes a long way. Um, showing a little bit of a care, you know, because we do care, you know. We're not going to get our jobs done if they can't get their job done. That's right. I, I think that everyone, don't let this small portion of the podcast go you need to think about this, what we're saying right here, because what Performance Roofing is doing is you're showing a lot of empathy, showing a lot of care for your guys, just by having the conversation of, hey, man, you may not be concerned about this, but maybe you know somebody on another crew that is. You may have heard something from another crew that isn't the truth. Um, you may be worried about what all this means to your employment or how we're going to treat you differently or what's going to happen come July for you. But if you just sit down and you talk to your guys and you say, hey, man, we got your back. We're going to make sure that you got a home here. We want to make sure that you know you're, you're good to work here. And we're going to keep on doing this. We're going to rock and roll. That feels good. feels good when you got a family at home and you're wondering, man, is this going to change anything for me? Is this going to not? Hey, we're here for you. Answer your questions. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Good job, man. Yeah, thank you. I like that. Poor people need to have a darn conversation, I'll tell you. Um, leads me to two things I want to ask you about that have changed in the industry. I think there used to be a lot more door-to-door and then the insurance claim, let's just build models on top of that. So let's start with door-to-door, man. Yeah. Um, I think it's become less a part of the industry in the last five years than it used to be. Do you see? St- do you still see it as a viable option to build a company, to build leads, or are there better options out there right now? Yeah, we're going to be right back to that episode, but I want to give some props right now to one of our amazing sponsors here on The Patrick Carr Show. After all, they are the ones who make this show possible to bring you the stories of entrepreneurs across the country. And one such sponsor is my friends over at Scorpion, everybody. Now, I got a question. If you are a contractor, heck, you're any small business owner, when you got into business, you knew you had to have a website, but you probably did not spend too much time putting it together. Now, that's because you actually had to make money, and you probably didn't have the money to throw thousands of dollars at some kind of site. And in the course of doing that, you developed what you could. And for the last couple of years, it's been exactly that. It's just stayed what you could do in the beginning. You need to upgrade your website. You need to upgrade your marketing. You need to upgrade your behind-the-scenes tech that's going to allow people to find you on the web that's gonna put you ahead of the competition, that when those Google searches pop up, you're gonna be the one that they see. When they search for your business in your area, they're actually gonna be able to find you. Wouldn't that be a nice feeling? And if you feel like that's already happening, don't you wanna stay on top? 
it might be a good idea to work with the best. And that's why Scorpion has partnered with this show. We trust them because they have the experience, the tech, to make it happen for contractors. They are working with thousands upon thousands of contractors across this country. They've developed websites for just as many. You can rest assured that you're going to receive the best possible product with Scorpion for your contracting business. So please, I encourage you, there's a website right across the bottom of the screen right here. Get with my friends over at Scorpion, take your marketing, your website, just your business to a whole other level on the web. You want people to be able to locate you. You want them to know the great work that you're doing so you can save them from those bad contractors out there that you're competing against and they can get a quality product from your company. Web address right there, everyone. Visit my friends over at Scorpion. They're going to take great care of you. They've been great partners of this show, so I know they're going to do the same for you. But for now, let's get back to that episode and enjoy the rest of this podcast. So the door-to-door thing, we've we've never been a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us to be actually, you know, be in this space and be successful, um, it's it's due to the marketing efforts. It's due to, you know, the reputation again. So building a viable business without the door-to-door is possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So some people think you got to have it, you know, and you got to be knocking the streets. But you all are living proof that you don't need to do it. Insurance claim work. Mm -hmm. I think that in the past, there was a thought of, let's just say I work for one of the companies, um, go ahead, have somebody get signed up, send it over to the attorney, fight with the attorney, and or the attorney fights the insurance company, and then nine months later, you get a roof. Just to turn and burn on insurance claims. Mm Mm-hmm. What are where do you all stand for on insurance versus you know the cash jobs you know financing? How does that dynamic work within performance? Yeah, so we still treat our and if a homeowner comes to us and says I need to put a roof on, we still treat it like a retail transaction. So we allow the homeowner to basically handle that claim at that point. We're not doing any you know assignment of benefits or anything like that with insurance. We're not negotiating on their behalf. We're not you know trying to find public adjusters or anything like that. We let them settle it. Once they've settled it and they feel comfortable with us as performance roofing, then we can just put the roof on. Yeah. So it's like cash approach. Hey, guys, it is. We're not we're not dealing with the insurance claim because we're not that. We're roofers. Yep. We're contract. They're going to put on a great roof for you. So that what they're going to do is they're going to go out there. They get a seventeen thousand dollar check. Maybe the roof is twenty thousand dollars to work with performance roofing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have seven. You just got a ninety three percent discount on your roof right now. Um, we're going to put on a great roof here for you. We'll take that check. We'll finance maybe the remainder, and hey, let's go. Let's get to work. Correct. Yeah, simplistic way of doing it business, is. there, man. It is. It, it keeps the, um, I guess, the waiting game yeah. at bay. We don't have to wait for that stuff. You know, if somebody has that check in hand, they're ready to go. We're ready to go. Yeah, man. I really like this model. Um, it's stay in your lane. Um, I think it also probably frees up time for your sales reps because. 100%. I think that the other way, when you're trying to constantly follow the insurance claim, follow up with an adjuster, you're, that's time spent not on making sales, not in the door, not marketing yourself. Is that what you all saw with that model? It's very time. You know, this is very time uh, constraining. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of moving pieces and parts, right? You know, that, that you have to stay on top of yeah. um, or else you don't get anywhere. So, it, it, you know, it just was never an approach that we wanted to take just simply because of that time factor. And quite honestly, I mean, at the time when we started getting bigger and you mentioned 17, 18, yeah. you know, that was when there was a lot of information coming out about the door knocking and that 
whole realm. So it was best for us to just say, all right, we're staying away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was one of those guys when I was selling roofs that that's what we were doing. Um, I was having to follow up with the claim constantly because not only do people have to understand when you have a sales rep that, and there's a lot of companies like this in Florida where they follow the claim from A to Z. They quote unquote, tell the person who to go to if that's a PA, they will meet the adjuster out there. They, you know, this is that typical insurance claim model. Um, They'll try to write up an estimate. They send that estimate over to the adjuster. They follow up on that estimate. They wait for a decision. If it's an underpay, they recommend over an insurance, or I'm sorry, a PA or an attorney. That's just on one file. You could wait. You could work nine months on that one file, then finally get the check from the homeowner. And just so everyone knows, without the AOB law in place, frankly, that homeowner could even decide to go with another roofer at that point. Um, yeah, you can have them sign some stuff that'll make it harder on them, but the fact is, is that they could. Um, but that takes time, yeah. effort, energy, and resources to be able to do that. Um, I think what you all decided is, nah, you know what? This is much easier to say. We put on a great roof. This is how much it is. If you'd like to work with us, work with your insurance company and get your money and then give us a ring Yep, and exactly. we'll, we'll get you on the schedule right now. Yeah. Um, it almost seems too simple. It does, right? It, like I'm seeing, I'm sitting here trying to think of it. Because I've heard it before, but it just seems so simple, bro. Yeah. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, why does everyone complicate the process so much? Just stay in your lane, right? Yep. I think there's just, it's it's a general, you know, I don't know, thought in the business is this is what you got to do. Uh, but it's not necessarily the way. No, ma'am. But you mentioned a minute ago, 17, 18, laws have definitely changed in yeah. Florida. Um. Have you found that any of them have affected you in a way that you really had to change the business or has it always been roll with the punches? And the second part of that is regardless, man, how do you address it with your team? Because I think that that sometimes it can feel like the, the laws are constantly shifting and moving. There can be questions that come from the team. How do you all as a, as a leadership group, um, how do you work with that within all the people of your company, all these multiple offices across Florida? Yeah. So it hasn't really changed much for us again. Um, but to navigate and to be able to touch, you know, or talk to those touch points, we do have sales meetings every single Wednesday. So our sales director gets on a phone call Wednesday morning at 7.30 a.m. every single Wednesday, and they have discussions about what went on the previous week, what's going on this week. Um, it's an open forum discussion. So everybody who is out selling has the opportunity to speak up. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what's working. Here's what's not working. Yeah. So they can share that knowledge. You know, if it hasn't happened to one person on the team, maybe somebody else had it happen, and they can present that knowledge in the in the meetings. Have you always done those team meetings? Those like seven the morning meetings yeah. a week. It's been consistent pretty much every single Wednesday. What do, I know this is going to be a self-explanatory question, but I think that there are contractors in all different kind. I'm going to say all small businesses don't do this enough. We do it ours on Monday morning. Um, usually around 8.15, 8 o'clock, everyone rolls in. Monday, we do our team meeting. Um, I see a lot of companies that don't do this consistently, though. They say they're going to do it, but they don't. Um, I think it's a real benefit to a company to, to get everybody together, have everyone in a room, or at least be able to have that open conversation and dialogue. It sounds like you guys have seen the benefits of this as well. It is, yeah. There's, so there's several different meetings throughout the week, you know, um, and it's all segregated. You know, sales has got their meeting. You know, production, we talk about new construction production every Thursday at 3.30, you know, so there's different meetings, you know, that we actually keep on schedule just to keep everybody on task and keep everybody apprised of what's going on. 
I think you can lose direction if you don't have direction given or communication about where we're going or what we're doing. So what are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, people go back and forth on this remote stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys might be a little bit different because you got sales reps that are out in the field, yep. all right? But what about the remote versus do you have people come in the office? How do you uh, how do you work that from a leadership standpoint? And do you think one is better than the other? I'm a... Uh... You know, not very pro-remote, I guess you could say. I'm not either. So we do have everybody in the office. They do come in. Um, this, that conversation you have with somebody face-to-face -face is completely different than over Skype, over Zoom, whatever, yep. um, video conferencing. Um, sometimes, you know, even email communication can be misinterpreted. Absolutely. But okay. having that conversation with somebody who's, you know, two doors down from you or just a 10-minute, you know, or 10-step walk, walk away from you, it becomes a completely different conversation. Now we actually understand each other. So having those conversations, again, I mean, you touched on it, and we did about the Nucon sales process. Face-to-face, -face, there's never going to be a substitute for it. Yeah, man. We're not at the point yet where I can put on the glasses and I can see you right in front of me. We're not there yet. So for me, um, if companies like Facebook, Google still see the, the value of face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. then I've got to think that there's still value in that still for a small business. Yeah. And with what we do, you know, there's a lot of, when we've done hiring, video editors and things on our company, mm -hmm. they'll say, you know, I want to work remote. It's video editing. It's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, when Hoffney right here is video editing, he's got a question or he, he's collaborating with somebody, it is nice to be able to sit down and to be able to look at the same screen, point to the same stuff, and not have to send something over to someone, wait three hours to get it back because they're taking a lunch in their kitchen at home and you don't know where they're at or they're dealing with the baby at home. Yep. You need to be right here. Um, things get done quicker. Relationships get built. And I don't think you get lost in translation through emails and through texting or, you know, screen sharing, whatever it might be. There's a value in that. Don't get me wrong. But, man, sitting down with somebody and having a conversation, even a difficult one. Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah. Um, that's how you avoid, I think, some of the, the conflict in a company. Correct. You all have done a very good job here, leadership. Um, we talk about a lot of that on this podcast. And one of the things that I've noticed, because I got a chance to know some of your people back when I was trying to get your contracts for collections originally, um, back in, I think, 18, 19. And then I worked with a previous company that did uh, some, some insurance claim funding. We never worked together, but every time I walked in your office doing that ground, ground and pound and meeting people, everybody was good. They were nice. They gave a crap. Um, what is y'all's approach? You, Dustin, Frank, how do you all look at hiring people? Is it the skills? Is it the people? What do you look for? Well, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes sure. in hiring as a, everybody. Um, so you learn a lot. You learn a lot about people, um, as you're going through and you're doing the hiring process. As far as hiring people for performance roofing, we're not necessarily looking for roofers. We're looking for people that just show that they care, have a good work ethic, and just want to improve their life. Um, if they can do all of that stuff, like their job performance is going to follow. So it's really, it's become a full time. And, and, you know, we've studied a lot of, um, uh, Frank and myself, we listen to these podcasts and yeah. we study a lot of entrepreneurs and founders, you know, um, over the years. And that's actually become one of the main focuses, uh, of what we're listening to is just the onboarding of people. Um, if you listen to some of them, it's, it's bring somebody along for the ride that's as great or better than you. A players hire A players. Mm -hmm. B players might hire C players. So now you got degradation in your workforce. 
So you always got to look for somebody that's, you know, uh, that A player, um, somebody that's going to, you know, elevate you, you and the company. There's people that compliment me within the company. You know, I'm looking for some that compliment and somebody can do something better than me. I'm going to bring them on. Saw Mark Zuckerberg talking to Lex Friedman, who I like that Lex Friedman podcast. Yeah. And he asked him, he said, you know, what do you look for in hiring someone? And his answer was unique. And I think this is more of a leadership position within a company. He said, I always look for somebody that I would work for. Yeah. And he said, there may be a day where I'm not CEO. He said, I don't see that happening right now. But let's just say I did have to work for that person I hired as an operations manager. Would I be comfortable working for that person with their morals, values, their character, with their work ethic? He said, if I would, I've hired the right person. And I think it's, it speaks to what you're saying right there with A, hiring A players. Yep. If you feel like, hey, listen, I'm an A player, and that guy right there could lead my company right now, or I could develop his leadership to a point where he could, you can possibly have another A player, in my opinion. Yeah. I like that, man. A's yep. hire A's. A's B's hire C's. Yep. I'm not going to forget that one. <laughs> Tell you, this is what I like doing this for, because I get an opportunity to learn from the people across from me. Sure. Hiring though, because first of all, what podcast do you guys do you have? A, you have a favorite thing um, you like listening to? Yeah, so it's multiple founders is one. Yeah, of them. okay. Um, you know, we yeah, I'm learning a, a lot of the audio books on like Walton Bezos yep. stuff like that. I've been uh, the guy I like listening to right now is uh, Ed Milet. Okay, yeah. Um, he does a lot of these podcasts, and they're all different stuff, just leadership and different, um, you know, life make your life better and um, you know improve the quality of your day to day life. But uh, I always like it because it's positive. Mm -hmm. Every time I turn his stuff on in the morning, the guy has a real positive attitude with the people he's going with. Um, there's so much damn negative everywhere. Yeah. There's, it's, you know, some of my friends who are those white right-wing guys, they're watching the news. The world's coming to an end every day. I need some positivity in my life to get it going. Yeah. Uh, you don't just hire once, though. Consistency. Mm -hmm. Since 2017, you all have consistently grown. You mentioned earlier you've had the growth from office to office, and now you're throughout Florida with the exception of a small part of Florida in the north, the Northwest. How do you consistently do this? Because there are a lot of people who say, I'm going to hire great. I'm going to hire A's, okay? Justin, I, I can hire A's. They yep. do it once. How do you, Dustin, Frank, how does this team do it day in, day out? What do you contribute to that? Um, again, it's hiring practice. So hire slow and fire fast. Okay. All right. If you recognize in the issue right away, it's coming up for a reason. You know, um, it may not rear its head now, but those red flags are 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 sent out. So you got to recognize the behavior. Um, not everybody is going to do their best job from day one, but after a week, two weeks, and if you start to see some patterns, you know it's time to move on. So we do we do take a long time, you know, to hire somebody. Um, you know, sales staff is is one of the toughest positions. That in production. You know, our supervisors, like I told you before, we don't necessarily look for the roofer. Mm. We can teach you roofing. We'll show you what you need to look for, what 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 areas of opportunity when you're on the job site that you can actually be on the lookout for. But is that person going to actually recognize those issues out there in the field? So their attention to detail is another thing that you're looking for. So, you know, you can actually tell from a ride along real quick. I'm going through a neighborhood and I spot a piece of drip edge that doesn't look good or I see something on the ground that wasn't picked up, are they picking up on the same things that I am? Because attention to detail is really big. Do you ever watch that? Like maybe you're doing a walk around with a guy, you're training, you're doing that. And I I could see myself doing this. I want to know if you would do something like, 
I could see myself passing on, you know, like you say, a piece of drip edge, or maybe there's, you know, a couple nails that are sitting somewhere. And I want to see, is this guy going to see this or is he not? Oh, yeah. Is he going to pass this up and just, eh, not my problem. And that was supposed to be somebody else's deal. Not my problem right now. I'm not the one leading this group. So I'm just going to, I'll let it pass by. You ever do things like that? I mean, it's a see where's that. Are you going to pay attention or not? Yep. You know, I want people to point that things, those things out to me. Yeah. Um, when I do do, you know, jump out for those those ride widths, I will not say a damn thing. And just keep it quiet and observe. How hard is that? No, it is tough. That's tough. <laughs> because you know, you get back four hours later, and now all of a sudden you got to you got to rectify it. You yep. just wasted the time. You could have done it when you were there. <laughs> so, it is annoying. But at the same time, too, it's a it's a it's a it's a teaching moment. So you know, the information that I gather when I'm out there. Um, doing the, 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 you know, the touch visits or the drop-offs and, you know, it gives me the opportunity to give some feedback. Here's a coaching opportunity, oh. you know, to the team, take this back, you know, coach them up, give them the opportunity. We do this again. If it's the same consistent behavior from the same people, that's when, you know, conversations become a little bit more difficult, but you do have to hold people accountable. They don't know what they're doing wrong. They're not going to correct it. Yeah. This is a big problem though. I like what you said. You get back and you have to address it though. And this is where I think the consistency, in my opinion, I think it, it comes from part of this right here. If you don't address it, and then as a leader, you let it boil inside and you're like, that guy didn't even pick that stuff up. Uh, he should have done that. All right, man. Well, listen, we'll see you tomorrow. I hope it gets better. You have to address it with that person. All right. Maybe they came from a, you don't know. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But once then you tell that individual, this is what the problem was. This is a standard that we're going to adhere to. And that let's say that behavior continues, like you said, then the problem is more, now we got to address this in a sure. different way. Yep. But as a leader, it falls on you to be consistent and to say, this is the standard that we have. Here's what you need to adhere to. And now that you know it, it ain't happening again. Correct. Um, that's yeah, consistency. Correct. You got to be consistent in the message. Hmm. Consistency right now is a little bit more difficult for roofing contractors when I see so many of them being bought up by all this private equity, bro. Mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing, um, I can't imagine a world where you and your your crew are not being contacted by private equity on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, I got to think it's happening. We're going to be right back to that podcast, but one of the most impressive companies that we are able to partner with here at the Patrick Car Show are our friends over at Equipter. You've heard us talk about them a number of times, the marketing opportunities that they provide, how clean they keep a job site, how efficient your job site can be. Let me tell you, if you're a contractor and you need to remove debris, you better have an equipter on your team. But to really drive that home, I was thinking about a story. You know, I was up there in PA and I was touring their facility and I got to the guy who orders materials and I asked him, I said, hey man, you know, couldn't you go ahead and just order these cheaper over in China? Have them shipped right here to PA and assemble it here, and you could still say that it's American-made. Is there a temptation to do that? And he was honest with me. He said, yeah, there's been a temptation to do that, but it wouldn't be what we're about here at Equipter. We want to do the right thing, and it's those parts that you can't see, all the stuff that goes, I don't know, behind the scenes, those little tiny parts, the tubes, everything. Those are the things that are going to break down on a contractor, and we do not want to see that happen. We want to take care of contractors and we do everything possible not to pass those charges on to them because let's face it, American made is more expensive. Somehow though, Equipter has found a way not to pass those charges to contractors to keep their product, the quality product they began with when Aaron Beeler decided to make it happen. If you are not using an Equipter folks, you are missing out. These things are simply the most quality, they're the best made things on the market. 
Um, when you see this stuff being made by hand and the welding, you know that it's gonna be a product that's going to last for your company. I really encourage you to head to the website right across the bottom of the screen right now. Um, Equipter is changing how contractors look at debris removal and changing how homeowners look at how a site, how their home should be taken care of. Um, and I know that Equipter is gonna do that for you. So I encourage you contractors, get over there, talk to Equipter, figure out the Equipter that's right for your business and then make sure that you wrap that thing so you've got all that brand, your logos, and your job site looks like you are the most professional contractor in the area. Equipter's going to do that for you. I'll tell you, head over there right now, talk to them, let them know that Patrick sent you. And after that, get right back to this episode where we're going to head back right now. One thing that I'm seeing is a problem with private equity, and then I want to hear your thoughts on the future of where this goes. I see contractors that sell out to them but then I see the groups that come in and are unable to run the company because they don't have an owner operator who knows what they're doing. The numbers look great, everything's great on paper, but they don't have the operations set in place for when that owner operator may leave the company. Um, I only say that because I have companies where we've done videos and then private equity reaches out to people on the operations team and says, are you looking for another gig? Sure. What are you seeing? Private equity here to stay? Is it the ultimate goal? Where does it look like in the next five years, you think? Yeah, it is going to be here. We do get approached. I mean, every single day I've got something in my inbox saying, hey, do you want to talk about it? You know, the other guys, Frank and Dustin, approached, you know, through LinkedIn, through emails. It's every single day. Um, I think it's here to stay because I think some of these guys that aren't in the industry, they do see it as a way mm -hmm. to make a quick return. So, you know, buying the companies up, rolling up smaller companies, flipping it in a year or two or something like that to somebody else, it's always going to be out there. Um, Long-term goal for us, I mean, we've got some really lofty goals mm -hmm. that, you know, we need to achieve. Um, we you know, we want to do a billion dollars in the state of Florida. Heck yeah. Um, you know, so in, until something like that happens, we won't even be talking to anybody. Is it good or bad, though? Because mm -hmm. what you just said right there is the absolute model. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to scoot that under the rug right here. So that model being, let's buy up some smaller companies, roll them into a larger company, let's say in the all central Florida area, run that for a couple of years, sell that for a larger amount because it looks better, and get out. Yeah. Good, bad. I I would agree with you. They do flounder. Yeah. Right. There there is a lot of issues out there, um, because they don't have myself, Frank, and Dustin. Yep. Um, you take the three of us out of the company and who's leading it <laughs> again, you know, somebody from the outside jumping in has, you know, management experience may not know the inner workings. They may not know everything from start to finish. How do we get there? Our tenacity, you can't buy that. No, it's in a person. Yeah. I, I see that we are out there right now and that companies are automating a lot more. Great. CRMs are allowing you to automate a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you said, there's still a 7.30 meeting on Wednesdays. Yep. Um, there's still that 3.30 meeting on Thursdays. You've got to have leadership. And as much as you automate something, I do believe you've still got to keep people engaged with the culture of your company. You still want people to go out there and knock a door and feel proud to wear performance roofing. You better tell them what they got to be proud about. You better show them that. Uh, and I don't think you can automate that quite yet. No. Um, and when people are out there and you've had a bad day and you're hearing no 30 times or 
you know what, you if operations didn't go like you wanted it to, you need somebody in your corner who's a leader who can say, man, there's a reason to get out there and do it again tomorrow, and it's worth it. Yeah. Um, and on paper, a lot of these companies look great, but when you take away the leadership that individuals need, especially young men need in this industry, I think that you underserve, you, you, you're undervaluing that, how much they need that. And they just need a leader to step up and say, man, you, you kicked ass today. You tried hard, you missed the mark. Mm -hmm. Here's what we can do better. You didn't pick up those nails or that piece of siding. You can do better. Your standards should be higher. Um, and then that starts to flounder without leadership. It does. Uh, again, you know, you talk about consistency again, too. Yeah. The consistent message, you know, if it's not coming from, you know, our leadership team, you know, that's when you start to see the mistakes happen. Um, numbers are easy to push, yeah. but to build a team and build a brand is a consistent message. What do you think for you all that best consistent message has been? And you look at the last couple of years, if there's something that you all have been consistent about that you hear time and time again, is there something that pops into your mind in that messaging? Yeah, it's been service. We always pick up the phone. So on both sides, on the residential side and the new construction side, we're always picking up the phone. It's, it's very easy to avoid conflict. If something goes wrong, not pick up the phone and just text back. But if you pick up the phone and you show some care, you know, on both sides, internal, external customers, that's been the consistent. Yeah, man, I don't know about you, but I would tell people right now, if you've got a customer that's not happy and you know they're not happy or you know they're not going to be happy when they get the news in a couple weeks about their roof, why are you not addressing it now? It's like that stack of paper that builds on the side of your desk. You know you need to address it, but you keep putting it off. And every time you go home, you've got more and more anxiety about it. You've got anxiety that you haven't called Miss Jones back to let her know her roof is going to be delayed for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But you put it off a week and now... It's like, oh boy, now I'm right against the deadline to let her know. Could have just addressed the tough conversation two weeks ago. Sure. And it would have been an easier conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you've brought that pain on yourself, but you've also hurt the company. So you've hurt your own reputation. You've hurt her reputation. Now it's going up to your supervisor, to your production manager, because she wants to figure out what happened, doesn't trust you anymore. Um, and everybody loses right there because you didn't want to address the problem. And that's where leadership comes in. I think what you're saying is say, Hey, man, everybody out there, have you all touched your people today? Have you, have you made sure that everyone's good? Hey, did you follow up with her? You need that leadership for someone to say, hold you accountable and go, hey, you need to do that. Don't yeah. put that off another day. I think expect, people need someone to step up and say, that is our standard right there, and you're, not, you're going to adhere to it. You're not going to go away. Absolutely. Man, I love that. Yeah. Um, final couple of questions here. Sure. I know your time is limited. Um, roofing itself. Where do you all fall? If you, you, Dustin, Frank, you guys love roofing. I asked this question to Brad Gardner or a couple other people. Um, there are individuals who claim to love roofing. Shingles, nails, putting that roof on, seeing it done, cool. Or is, is it more of the business that you love? And do you have to love roofing to be successful? Where do you stand on it? Yeah, so I could speak for all three of us. We're not necessarily in love with roofing. We're in love with the business aspect of it, mm. meaning the opportunity to grow. Um, I think we both, uh, we all enjoy the, uh, the fruits of the labor and to see the, the, the path of, of growth. Um, you know, it's been a hundred percent year over year for the past three years. So to get there and to actually, you know, say, Hey, we did that. That's the fun part of it. 
roofing is just a widget is what we call it. You know, put us in a different, you know, uh, industry out there, whether it be, you know, siding or, you know, gutters or something, you know, we'd be in the same spot. Um, we just feel that, you know, the, the, the fun of the business and watching the growth comes from being able to look back at where you were. Man, I guess I'm circling all my gems here today. All right, folks. I'm going to go back to the beginning I got right here, mm -hmm. Justin. I'm gonna, I always like to make notes. I want to learn from you the four things right here I'm going to take away. One, the three-prong approach to the Google reviews. Sales, production, accounting. Get everybody on a consistent message right there. Get those Google reviews that you deserve. You've worked hard for them. Get them. Yep. Um, second, I love the consistency that the three of you have had with your meetings. Thursday, I got Wednesday written down here, 7.30, 3.30. Best one is obviously for me, A's hire A's, B's hire C's. They listen, you know, just you got to be consistent with the people that you hire and the type of individual. And the final thing is just you all address issues. Address the standards that you've set for yourself on a consistent basis through leadership. That's a great reminder for me. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be a reminder for a lot of leaders out there. Are you continuing to set your own standards within your company or are you just hoping that they get followed? It's a great reminder for me. I needed that one today. Sure. Um, a lot of great stuff here, man. Yeah. Um, I hope that the audience got a lot out of this. Um, I know you said billion-dollar company in Florida. Usually I would say that's a bunch of BS. Having a chance to to meet and at least introduce myself to the three of you, um, it is extremely possible. Um, and I'm going to look forward to seeing that happen. I hope at one point, okay, when you're at about that $750 million mark, don't forget about us small people over here. The three of you sit down with me. I'd love to know more about the journey. Sounds good. All right, everybody. It is Justin Leo. The company is Performance Roofing. We're going to have their web address right across the bottom. Of course, we'll put it in the description. An absolutely incredible individual. Thank you for taking the time to come out here. Tell the rest of the guys I said hello, and I look forward to your continued success, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate All right. Till next time, everybody, the Patrick Carr Show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow if you like this content, and we'll see you on the next episode.